Thanks for downloading this IMSA radio podcast. It's for personal use only and must not be broadcast, reproduced or used in any form without permission. Tell your friends they can get their own copy by visiting imsaradio.com or search for IMSA radio wherever they get their podcasts. Let's head to the pit lane, Shay Adam. With Alan Brynjolfsson, who just drove since the start of the race. And Alan, your crew said you're on a racecation now because you get to sit back and enjoy the rest of this one. But how much did you enjoy that opening stint? Uh, it was by far the best stint of my life. Had a ton of fun uh, going for three straight hours, and I kind of felt like I drove um, the best I have, and I, I really enjoyed every moment. I hope that's not the last time we see you in a race car, just the last time for a little while. I, just for a year. We'll see. I'll be back. Uh, at the uh, pit out part of the uh, pit lane, a very unexpected stop for the 01 Cadillac. He's come down the pit lane again. Uh, they did put they put a bit of extra fuel in Ringo van der Zander's car, which they just do anyway. But the main thing was they, they opened up the passenger door and had a good old fiddle about in there. Now, I think that maybe that's where the radios are contained, or it may be something electrical style. I'll see if I can find out what it was. I mean, Shane probably knows better than me what's on that uh, behind that right-hand door. We'll go from there and we'll see if we can find out what that problem was. Okay, mark that one down. An extra run down pit lane for the zero one. Renga van der Zander, though, will still get the GTP class split. So he's just doing that now and trying to get his way through the GTD cars. It's actually quite a, a stressful time for everybody concerned as Renga took the opportunity. But, of course, you can do that nowadays because of the GTP class split. Uh, also in the pit lane... We've got the 31-wheeling Cadillac uh, as, as well. Before we go back to green, let's have a quick word with Sebastian Bordet, who'd been in that 0-1 goal-fronted Cadillac since the start of the race. Mega move at the start of the race to take the lead. Sebastian, you've been in that car since the start. It was a very, very good start by you to take the lead. Yeah, we, we seem to be able to turn on the tyres pretty well. Uh, this mission has been pretty like high performance for us. Maybe a bit higher on the tire deck than we'd like uh, so far, but sun's come out, the wind's picked up, so that's not a huge surprise. We've really tried to put a strong point at, uh, for uh, the balance at the end of the race, uh, where Rango should be able to uh, take us to the front. So, uh, yeah, trying to stay out of trouble, take, uh, I guess, measure the risks in traffic. Uh, you know, we want to run up front, but we don't want to run up front at all costs. Um, so definitely a lot of guys willing to take a lot of chances out there um so yeah just a little bit difficult as well to fall in the rhythm because the race has been so broken up so far with all those yellows that uh makes it hard you keep being on the right and the wrong side of the fence strategy wise depending whatever whatever you do uh because every 20 or 30 minutes it keeps being reset so uh it's a bit hard but we're all running laps right now it doesn't really matter what's happening so uh we'll uh try and keep the car that 01 Cadillac in one piece and uh Keep those Michelin tires under us and uh, see what happens when uh, when it's money time. It's great to see you out the front leading the race, but has it been a difficult transition to these these new cars, these brake by wire hybrids? Yes and no. I mean, it's it's uh, it's definitely a bit of a trickier car to drive than the DPI, mostly because it just doesn't have the downforce. The systems now are obviously helping a bit. Uh, car behavior. Uh, it just took us a bit of time to figure it all out, just to debug the system and make sure that, you know, unintended, unintended things didn't happen. Uh, we've had a few of those. Unfortunately, it cost us a bit sometimes, but uh, it's all part of the learning process on, uh, on, so on the team side and on the driver's side. 
So therefore, it must be. Uh, do you now think? Well, we're going into next year. This is the year we, we can really start going with like dropping, drop on the ground at Daytona, ready to go for 24. Yeah, to be honest with you, it kind of feels like this is the the start of 24 for us. It's been such a crappy season, honestly. <laughs> I don't know. I thought last year was bad with all the incidents we've had. It was kind of win or bust, but uh, this year has been mostly bust and, and not much to show for. So, uh, you know, we'll we'll keep digging. Obviously, we've, we've had pace. We've, we've done some good things, but uh, we just need to be a heck of a lot more consistent and uh, maybe a bit more things going our way as, as well, not getting hit so many times. Great stuff, great stint. Cheers, Sebastian. Great to hear from Sebastian Bourdais. As ever, considered, he spent the better part of, what, three hours in the car there, but considered, brought it all down, understands what's going on, yeah. sees the big picture. Yeah, exactly. Great. He's got a, a really, really good attitude. Sebastian. Oh, there's a problem for one of the AWA cars. That was running fourth in the class, number 17. That's Wayne Boyd at the wheel of that car. Right now, that's the car that won the most recent LMP3 race at Indianapolis. And it's dead stick. He's had to turn it all off. The lights have gone off, the position marker lights, and the panel on the side is switched off. He's doing it the the old three-fingered salute, isn't he? This is Control-Alt-Delete from Wayne Boyd, who second in the championship. Um, Anthony Mantella, Nico Varone his teammates oh, this is frustrating for him this will feel like a year might actually delay the restart here uh, Jeremy I, 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 we've just I, whilst we're hearing that interview just working out who got back on the lead lap there yeah. uh, for the GTPs uh, we saw the 31 wheeling car come into the into the pit stop to get topped off yeah that car by the way, that number 17 car for Wayne Boyd, that's, that's just died on him. That's it's absolutely died, and we will stay under full course yellow. I, I saw him come into the pit lane, Alexander Sims. Um, I think, though, he got out before the safety car, so they got the way by. So they're back on the lead lap. Have we yeah. got all nine? Eight. Eight. Uh, nine, excuse me, yes. Nine, yes. yes. Only the number six car, which is many laps down, the Correct. Porsche. So the top nine are back on the lead lap, are they? Yeah, yeah. yeah okay. they are. They're, they're, they're with, with, the, with the pit stop for number 59 car right before the caution period, just on on schedule for them, they... Uh, was Harry Tinknell, wasn't it? That was Harry Tinknell, yeah. to, to take over the wheel from yes. Jimmy Bruni. Yes, exactly. Uh, they, they fell off the lead lap, uh, making that stop, but um, now with the wave around, they, they're back on the lead lap again. So that's good news. And there's other... Uh, the other four cars that had the problems early on, number 60, 31, and 25, or three other cars, excuse me, um, have all regained the lead lap. So uh, game on again for all those contenders. And very much, you know, all of them, uh, well, two of them, and you have, uh, have championship aspirations. So we've stayed under yellow, and BMW are taking the opportunity to come back in again. Nick Yellowly is the ninth of the nine prototypes and he's going to top the car off also coming in is the number 18 ryan dl aero motorsport running sixth of six p2s at the moment they're gonna top off as well hearing from the pits that wayne boyd's car will need help to get it back to the pitch so the team have let race control know that that will need assistance to get back to the pits 
And now in fact, Shea, it sounds even worse than that, Shea Adam. They don't know why it's not working, so they don't even want it to the pit lane. They want it to the garage to see if they can even get it to turn on again. Oh, wow, it's that bad. Yep. Oh, dear. Iron Dames back into the pit lane after that suspension failure. Dorian Pan was driving away from a quality GTD field and had the GTD pros behind her as well. But that car uh, sadly gave up the ghost, so they're on a comeback trail at the moment. And... There was a couple of other cars followed in there as well. Heart Racing Aston with damage to the front end of that car. Obviously got that a bit earlier on. And still waiting for race control. Well, I can see that the 17 is moving. It's coming down towards turn 10. But it isn't moving under its own power. And it's being towed. I can see on the track that it's just coming down the braking area. And good towing etiquette being showed there by the recovery. The driver sticking his hand out and doing the old hand flapping. That is, that's proper old-fashioned hand signals. It used to be in the highway code in the UK for your hand signals. And if you're being towed, you should try and keep the tow, tow strop as tight as possible. Jeremy's just done the circular motion, which in a right-hand drive car would have meant I am turning left. You stick your hand out if you're turning right. Obviously changed over for a left-hand drive car. That's that, I'm really impressed to have seen that from the tour vehicle. And Wayne Boyd obviously knew exactly what he meant because he kept going nice and slowly into the pit lane again for the much-delayed and damaged and banged about number six, Porsche Penske. And that car, we put Matcha Jamine in that car, didn't we? So he's coming in. They are, they are 60, they were 67 laps down. Uh, and they've actually dropped another lap by doing what they've just done. But they're going to top that car off as well. Uh, and actually, in fact, Nick Damon can give me more on that because this is not just a top up. No, they've, they've taken the rear deck off. It's, I suppose well, the advantage they've got is they've been able to run a couple of laps at medium to full speed. And, and of course, the thing's been completely mucked up. So they've got to make sure that the bits they put back in again are to the actual same dimensions. You know, they've got the right length on the third shock and the second shock that is bent. So they're giving it a very precautionary look around and a bit of a wander, a waggle about as well, which I like to see. Uh, and I'm going to get a bit closer and see exactly what they're doing. Uh, and then we'll go back to Shay. We should be going green the next time around, uh, but we did just have a pit stop from the number 52, Pierre one Matheson. Now, I remember calling a pit stop from them not very long ago, but they brought the car in. They did full service. Fuel tires and Paul-Loup Chateau is now behind the wheel. Shea Adam and Nick Damon in the pit lane. The hmm. examination of that number six that Nick has just uh, described, uh, that's as much as I've seen of the underneath the back end of a 9.63. Nick Damon, um, there's a hall appeared in the roads and the local council are looking into it. I mean, it is a bit like that at the moment, isn't it? There's uh, a bit of staring at the back of the yeah, car. Yeah, my feeling is that the driver's gone round and gone, uh, this doesn't feel quite right, lads. It's not you know, quite on. And they've had, they've had a good old shake at everything, making sure the various, because everything moves, making sure everything that moves is intolerant, nothing's a bit <laughs> loose. I didn't see them actually tighten anything. There is a complete set of uh, very advanced, nice, well, very expensive spanners on it and uh, everything else on the side. But they uh, seem to be okay. They seem to be happy with it. And now all they've got to do is make up 69 laps in, what, six and a half hours. It's doable. 
It is terrible. Thank you, Nick. Uh, Jagger Jones, thanks for being with us. Enjoy the rest of the race, and good luck with whatever you're doing next year. Nice to have you. Thank you guys for having me. As we go back to green with six and three quarter hours on the clock, two yellow cars side by side into turn one, and that is a position being made up by the number zero one Cadillac on the restart. Uh, that was on the JDC Miller Motorsports Porsche 963. That was the battle for third, and Timon von der Helm gets uh, overtaken by Renger von der Zander as they started. Uh, they are chasing, however, Matt Campbell, who got a phenomenal jump off the line. Ricky Taylor in second for the Cunningham and Alder Acura. Then that's that battle for third, Renger versus Timon. Then Philip Eng for BMW M Team RLL. Then brought on Harry Chingle in the white. WeatherTech 59, then Wheel and Engineering with Alex Sims, Elio Castro Nevis in the 60, the pink and white Acura, then Nick Yellowly in ninth, in the ninth position. Right, let me go through all of the penalties uh, <laughs> after the pit stop. This is, I mean, it, it, it's ridiculous. Yeah. This is every pit stop cycle now. Yeah, so we've never done, we, we, I've we've never seen this before. No, exactly. No, exactly. Um, I, mean, I, I wouldn't normally just do the numbers, but I could be here all day. Uh, 88 penalty, more than emergency service in a closed pit. Um, so that will be a drive-through for that car. And that is the EF Corsa. Uh, 79, which is the WeatherTech EMG. That's uh, fuel infraction. That's a drive-through. And... The 23 outside their pit box. Uh, so that means Heart of Racing, Aston Martin, number 23, will be driving through as well. And that, in fact, is being served right now. Oh, Porsche keys to the waist. No penalties. I've, uh, unbelievable. No one's listening. No, clearly. And also car 17, he's another one uh, outside of the pit box. That's AWA. Well, that was the one that had the problem uh, out in the racetrack Ah, too. yes, good point. Good point. Now, looks like the FAF Porsche has got damage as well. Front left on that number nine car. She just spotted as it went through. Orange just told me in my ear as well. And... That sounds like there's something scraping on the floor, as uh, Shea mentioned, as it went by. So we'll keep an eye out on the left front of that number nine Porsche as it comes through this time around. Here it comes. Oh, yes, it's, it's thrown the front wing off again. We've seen this with the uh, 992 RSR, the GT3 car, and it's the left front wing fender wheel cover, call it what you will, has gone completely. Uh, we've seen a couple of loose ones in the past. It's tended to be the right rather than the left, in fairness, but uh, that one has gone. That's made its bid for freedom. At the front of the field, Matt Campbell leads now by nearly four seconds. Great restart from the young Antipodean, Jeremy. Yeah, he, got, uh, he absolutely flew away at the restart there and uh, extended his lead by another four-tenths of a second on that lap as well. 
to the uh, three tenths on the previous lap so he is absolutely flying change of the lead there in GCD Pro at that restart with Mauro Angle now taking over the lead in number 79 WeatherTech Mercedes from the erstwhile leader Jordan Taylor making his final start for Corvette Racing before moving back to his family team but a penalty as we mentioned coming for that yeah. 79 car so that's going to be a drive through for the fueling infraction mm -hmm. there that's going to hurt them. That's annoying, isn't it, when you're leading the class? At uh, IMSA Radio, if you want to get in touch with us, thank you for all the kind words. Beautiful sunshine here. Track temperature, the warmest it's been all week. Similar weather to when I first arrived here on Tuesday. Um, perhaps a little warmer. Air temperature, 23 Celsius. Track temperature, 33 Celsius. That's... Uh, 91 Fahrenheit on the track and 73 in the air. Other cars that we are keeping an eye and an ear on as they come past us. And we think either the 47 Chetelar racing machine or Kelly Moss and the number 92 Porsche. Just talk about uh, LMP2. You, you were mentioning a little while ago that most... Quite a few of the gentlemen drivers have completed their minimum drive time in this race. Among those, however, I think is not Ben Keating. He didn't. He made a, a switch uh, before that uh, two hours and thirty minutes. So Ben, I think we'll have to get at the wheel of that car a little bit longer. Number fifty-two car. Stephen Thomas, we we know is done in number eleven car. Uh, George Kurtz, we heard from number zero four. I think the same for him. And uh, so interesting to see how that Engel pits in the leading GT from WeatherTech Racing and that is for that fuel infraction drive through, he's serving it now, battle for second place coming down to turn 10 in GTP in the overall, the blue and black number 10 has Ricky Taylor on board it's the Acura, being chased by Renger van der Zander who's had a great restart in the Cadillac V-Series R01 and took it that um the Mercedes coming into the pit lane in GTD Pro. Uh, leading now in GTD non-pro is number 78 car. That's the Lamborghini Huracan of Forte Racing powered by US Racetronics. It's Loris Spinelli who's now taken over from Patrick Liddy who drove this uh, the, the last stint uh, after an excellent start by Misha Goikberg. And that car now running up front again in GTD. And ahead now of Indy Doncha. They made that pass after the restart because number 57 car... Uh, was ahead, I think, wasn't it? Yes, it was. Uh, so they made that pass the last couple of laps. And then Kenton Cook in third position in GTD for uh, Team Courthoff Motorsports. That's number 32, Mercedes. And then Frankie Montecalvo in the Vassar Sullivan Lexus, car number 12. And Robbie Foley in the Turner Motorsport BMW. What a weekend week has been for oh. Turner Motorsport. They yesterday won two championships, the VP Racing Sports Car Challenge with... Uh, young Francis Seldorf and also the Michelin Pilot Challenge yesterday in somewhat dramatic fashion for Robbie Foley and Vin Barletta. Dramatic and controversial uh, fashion yeah, yes. uh, with uh, teams, another team helping them out to win the championship. Damage to the left front of the Porsche number nine that we mentioned. Uh, it, it looked like it looked uh, like there'd been some a little bit of bumping on that car and the whole of that left front wing that I mentioned has come off leaving it sort of looking like a almost like a 
late model uh, grass tracker on that side of the car and the whole wings come off in one piece and it's sitting just at the exit of turn to turn 12 just off the circuit I should mention maybe we need blur fiends a qualified uh, Porsche technician who not content with taking Porsches apart and putting them back together again during the week is tuned in um, watching and listening whilst assembling his Lego 911 RSR hello blur at IMSA radio what are you doing whilst you're watching and listening and where are you in the world for our international feed live uninterrupted and free good to have your company wherever it is with a bit of luck we'll get a bit of green flag racing now and Jeremy and I will feel a lot better about that true that I think the teams will as well Jeremy and, and so will the drivers it's you know you want to find out as much as you can about where you are and we've not had temperatures like this at all through the early part of the week we've not had the sunshine as such the Faf car by the way still circulating and Klaus Backler is behind the wheel won 21-1 last time around most of the cars around him going a little bit quicker Dakota Dickerson just putting in the fastest LMP3 lap of the race for Junior 3 Racing as he leads that class. 117.427. In GTD Pro, Corvette from Vasa Sullivan from Iron Links. And those three are absolutely together as they come yeah. down under our feet right now, Jeremy. Yeah, that's fun, isn't it? And uh, that Lamborghini... Uh, running in third position right now. The Corvette leads, Lexus second, Lamborghini third, but the Lamborghini started right at the back of the field, you remember. That was the car that had, uh, qualified second fastest yesterday, but uh, got a penalty afterwards, had to start dead last on the field. So he's made his way past uh, 24 of the, uh, or 23, I should say, of the 26 cars in this class. It's Jordan Taylor. Corvette Racing from Ben Barnicut and from Vassar Sullivan. Those are the two yellow cars at the front of the class. And then Jordan Pepe in the green Iron Links, number 63. Behind that, actually, is the class leader in GTD, Laura Spinelli in the 40. Number 78 car, another green car, but this time with a bit of black, the Arrow sponsorship on there. Race leader coming round on his right-hand side. Goes through. Very impressive run by that team as yes. well. The Lamborghinis are certainly strong this weekend, no doubt about it. Uh, we saw the Iron Dames car was fast as well until it had its problems. It sort of dropped, him along, dropped it a long way back down the field. Meanwhile, up, up towards the front, uh, Harry Tinknell in the number 59 Proton Porsche just got past Philip Eng in the number 24 BMW. So that's a past four position. The Proton car up to fifth position. Uh, stunning. Uh, stunning effort from Proton yeah, uh, and, well, and from JDC. Absolutely, yes. Look, taking delivery of those cars relatively late, uh, very limited amount of testing, particularly for the JDC car going over the top of turn two and three right now, the bright yellow number five. And they, they did their shakedown in an adjacent car park to their... To their um, facility didn't they yeah i think so yeah yeah the the, the, the uh, race car drivers had never sat in the car before they got to the racetrack 
Uh, Francois Perauda, by the way, has come in to serve that penalty for too many crew members working on the car in the AF course in number 88, Orica. And we still have six and a half hours to run here of the 26th running of Mortul Patila. Morning, you're listening and watching on IMSA Radio and IMSA TV, as well as Sirius XM 207 if you're in North America. RST, part of the Radio Show Limited Network, a 24-hour channel devoted to IMSA Racing. Get it via imsaradio.com or radiolemon.com. So now just over half an hour away from the first a lot of points that will be awarded for the Michelin Endurance Championship. And that's certainly been uh, on many of these teams' minds for the uh, prototype yeah. cars. Yeah, we went green when... Went green with uh, at 3.14. Yeah, so they, they, they should be able to stay out. They don't need to make a pit stop, I don't think, before that four-hour mark in this race. The LMP2 cars, however, will meet, need to make a stop before the four hours. A couple of things to note on the track. Francois Perodo did not come in to serve that penalty within uh, crossing the line four times. So we'll get another drive-through ah. for that. That's a massive error from oh, AF Corsa. And also there's some concern from the trackside marshals and from race control about some liquid out of the back of the... Jordan Taylor-driven Corvette, which leads GTD Pro. Uh, clearly visible on the windscreen and the camera of Ben Barnicott's car. And he's been talking to the pits, to his pits as well in the Lexus RCF. And so that is something that we're going to have to keep an eye on. And if it... Uh, gets any worse or doesn't clear it up there is the opportunity for race control to throw the black and orange flag often called the meatball flag because the there's a black background and a bright orange circle in the middle of it Matt Campbell four seconds to the good from Ricky Taylor who has a bit of a battle on his hands with that Cadillac Renga van der Zander still only three quarters of a second away in third then Timer von der Helm for JDC Miller Motorsports in the first of the customer Porsches Harvey Tinknell in the second one that's the Proton 59 car he is in 15th 15th, 5th position in the WeatherTech car Jeremy Shaw and John Hindoff in the Global Broadcast Centre. Nick Damon, Joe Bradley, Shea Adam, our pit lane team. And we say good evening to those of you who are joining it just after 9 o'clock Central European Summertime, 8 o'clock in the UK. What is it, 10 past 8? And hello to Kerry Corp, who's just joined oh, in for as our producer in London. Change for second position now with the number 01 Cadillac, Gregor van der Zander, finding his way ahead of, of Ricky Taylor. That was on, on that, yeah, yeah, that on was on the last lap. He was closer down, lap. Adam. Yeah. So, uh, I, I, was, I, was, I was just about to say that you talked a little while ago about the, the kind of championship points as they stand with the uh, number... Which car were you talking about was, would, have, would have taken the lead... Anyhow, the, 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 that puts the, the number 10 car still now, I think, would be in 
the best position in terms of the championship points. Just, but long, long, long way to go. Joe Bradley is down in the pit lane in this segment of the race, as we mentioned. Joe Wim Boyd, uh, whilst well up in the category, had a car that just died on him. He had to get towed back. This is the number 17 AWA machine we were talking about that he shares with Anthony Mantella, the Canadian, and the Italian-Argentinian Nico Varone. Uh, what's the news from that car? Well, it's a fuel pressure issue. What we saw, Wayne wasn't exactly control of Denis. What Wayne was doing whilst he was trying to get the car back to life was uh, changing to the secondary fuel pump. Still no fuel pressure when he did that. So that's why the car has had to be towed back. And now the team are working on that number 17 back in the paddock. <laughs> Mayhem at the restart uh, with more penalties coming. Jumping the restart. Two cars here. The number 63 is the Iron Lynx Lamborghini. And the number 78, uh, that is the other Lamborghini from Forte Racing, powered by US Racetronics. So, so GTD leader uh, and second place and third sorry in the GTD Pro classes extraordinary both pinged for jumping the restart last time around Jerry makes a lot of that on his impeccably kept lap charts that is bizarre I, I, I honestly have not seen this many infractions of all types um, possibly ever uh, and fair and look fair play first of all to the corner workers and marshals for spotting this to race control for running the replays on their own machines upstairs and working with the TV company um, this is just it's, it's just poor from the teams and the drivers it really is. We, we must be well into the 20s of penalties so far in this race. Yeah, you've got to be right. I mean, uh, it just <laughs> half of what you've been talking about is penalties, it seems like. Shea Adam will have that number for us in a moment or two's time. She's going to go and talk to one of our pit officials, Richard, who is actually down at the penalty box. And <laughs> he, hasn't had a, he hasn't had any rest, has he? No. He hasn't been able to sit down, put his feet up, read a couple of chapters of the latest novel that he's going through, has he? No. Neither of race control. Now, and listen, all of that, whatever you think about the decisions, whatever you think uh, about race control, they have turned these decisions around very quickly indeed. And that is really important to do so. Oh, off for at the top of the hill for the number 92. And there's problems with the right rear of that Porsche. This is the this is the Kelly Moss machine and it is moving again for the Brillis skincare machine. And now is the tire completely gone there? It's it not quite like not quite, but there's a there's very little of it left and it's almost a full lap to come all the way around, Jeremy. Yeah. That's really unfortunate uh, for uh, David Brulé there because uh, he's got to limp his way all the way around. Not quite sure 
what the cause or effect was there on that uh, puncture. Just noting, Ringer van der Zander last time around. Contact with the 88. Yep, absolutely. It's the Emmanuel Collard car, but it's Francois Perodo in that AF Corsa Starburst Chrome car. And just sticking the right front ailerons, if you like, on the front, the canards on the front left of uh, his car into the right rear of David Brule's car. Uh, That's going to be a penalty for that car. So the 88 will get a penalty for incident responsibility. Now, the penalty that we got for incident responsibility uh, earlier on was one a stop of 120 seconds. Uh, we then had a penalty for incident responsibility in the pit lane, which was a drive-through. So where on the spectrum does that come? Because that has absolutely crippled that car. And he's having to do basically a full lap bar two corners on three wheels. Yeah, that's going to cause a lot of damage potentially to the right rear corner of that car. Not just the uh, the tyre going down, but that rubber flailing around in there as well. What's just the rubber? Just to drive through for that one, apparently. Tell you what, Matty Cabell's got his... Uh, Ham, got the hammer down again at the front of the field. He just had a bit of good luck through some traffic on the last couple of laps. All of a sudden, that gap has extended itself to over seven seconds between himself and Ranga van der Zander, who just turned the lap within two-tenths of a second of his best lap of the race just a couple of laps ago. Hearing from Shane the pit lane, that was the 29th, 29th penalty that called in at two and a half hours of this race or thereabouts. Joe Bradley is watching that number 82, Kelly Moscar, come into the pit lane. Afternoon, Joseph. Yeah, uh, afternoon, guys. Yeah, the 92's made it back to the pit lane, I believe. Is, is the driver, you can confirm that. Yes, it's, it is. It's right rear. Um, right rear, he's done a great job getting that car back because the, uh, the carcass of the tyre has moved to the inside edge. They're just checking now for damage. What the problem can be, of course, is as that tyre starts to disintegrate, the carcass of the tyre can then start flailing. He hasn't managed to do that. He's done a cracking job. And they basically just put a tyre, a, a wheel and tyre back on, and he's been given the nod to get back out straight away. Just getting waved off, just finding the gear. Just finding the gear still. He's been t- told to go. He's been told to go. He can't quite get the car moving. Now he does. Great stuff. Great job by David Brunier, bringing that car back at a pace that hasn't caused any further damage. Uh, not letting him phase him either, Joe. That's, I mean, that's the point. You get attacked by a, a prototype, and it was the barest of contacts. Uh, no more or less contact than caused the four-car incident down towards 10A, um, Ooh, but it cut sure the tyre. Well, no, not the initial contact. I think it, it was probably more contact than Perodo mm-hmm. put on that car. It, it's The consequences are slightly different. I accept that, but... Uh, David did it. I think David did a very good job there. Got back on the track without interfering with anybody else's race. Stayed off the racing line as much as he could, which is never an easy thing to do. And they've had a good look at that car and sent him. So, fair play. Yeah, hats off to David there. And uh, my hats off to him in any case, because he's 75 years of age and uh, you wouldn't know it looking to him, talking to him, watching him drive even. 
we all want to be David Brule mm -hmm. when we grow up. Yep, yep. <laughs> Hope for us yet. <laughs> Matt Campbell continues to control the race for Porsche with a five and a half second lead now in that number seven Porsche Penske Motorsport Porsche 963 from the Cadillac V Series R of Renger oh. van der Zander. The two, the two privateer Porsches have exchanged positions yes. uh, on the, a couple of laps ago. Harry Tinknell now moving himself up to fourth place. He's absolutely flying in that uh, protocol. Looked like uh, Jimmy Bruy was struggling a little bit. We actually we heard from Jimmy. He was he only put on two tyres as his uh, previous stop. Uh, he was struggling a bit towards the end of it, but uh, Harry Tinknell absolutely not. He's flying along there now. Made that pass on uh, uh, time at Van der Helm and get himself up to fourth place in that car number 59. LMP3 battle heating up and Philippe Fraga now leads for Riley there, the number 74 from Dakota Dickerson for Junior 3 racing in the 30 in second. Those are the two Ligiers. Then Lars Kern in oh. the Duquesne in so, third position. Right. Fraga, I, I think it was just on that last lap actually that Fraga got past Dakota Dickerson. Correct. Yeah. Uh, Lars Kern, of course, famous for driving cars from... Porsche very quickly indeed around the Nürburgring Nordschleife also a very decent race car driver in his own right yeah that's just happened and Felipe Fraga holds a scant tenth of a second <laughs> advantage meantime in uh, the battle for seventh eighth and ninth Alexander Sims has Elio Castroneves and Nick Yellerly behind him in the GTP so Alexander the wheel and engineer uh, in the uh, 31 sorry is what I was trying to say Elio Castro Nevis for my shank racing and Nick Yellowly for BMW M team now something happened recently at turn four and that was the high-class racing car uh -oh, in contact with the Magnus racing machine. Uh, the Magnus Flexbox Aston Martin. However, that's just a warning at this stage. It does come up as a penalty, but it's, it's a penalty to warning. But it is, you know, it's a yellow card in soccer terms, that yeah. one. Keeping an eye on Ricky Taylor here because he's he's dropping quite a bit of ground all of a sudden to Renga van der Zander and uh, coming under increasing pressure now from Harry Tinknell. So that number 10 car who was running so strongly not so, not so long ago uh, was overtaken by Renga van der Zander. Now he's, he's almost eight seconds behind him. And he's pulled out that gap in, uh, in the last nine laps. Uh, joined in our global broadcast centre by head of... BMW M Motorsport, Andreas Rus. Andreas, how are you? I'm fine, I'm fine. Uh, thank you that I have the chance to be here. Well, thank you for joining us. Uh, and what a cracking race. Um, it's a bit too exciting, perhaps, for some of you manufacturers at the moment. I mean, again, Road Atlanta, Petit Le Mans shows that it's, it's one of the greatest races. Um, we had already, I think it's now we are now f not even four hours into the race and uh, we saw already a lot of spectacular things 
outside on track. Um, also some, let's say, moments for us manufacturers, as you said. But it's incredible to see the cars out there. Uh, Augusta Farfa said the 24 car avoided that big accident that took out uh, Nick Tandy in the, in the Porsche. Uh, heart in mouth moment for all of you guys yeah, the yeah for sure this was uh, a bit um, we have to say we were lucky um, to avoid this and to, to get through but uh, yeah these are things which can happen here with so many cars on track I think somebody told me that in ideal world with all the cars it's every 77 meters we have a car on track uh, and they are for sure not always ideal so they are packed up we have a lot of traffic on, on track uh, and everybody is fighting and uh, for sure then things like this can happen but um, yeah uh, unlucky moment uh, unfortunately it took quite a lot of cars out but that's how it is battle going on at the moment between your Nick Yellowly and Elio Castro Neves they're scrapping uh, over 8th and ninth, but crucially still on the lead lap here you use the opportunity of the last yellow to, to get one of your cars back on the lead lap yes for sure with the 25 car we were let's say a bit unlucky with the pit stop and then the, the red at the pit exit uh, where we did a mistake it was goes on, on it was our fault and uh, but we managed uh, to come back we are back in the lead lap that's the most important thing, and uh, now we have to go through the next next hours, keep it clean, try to, to stay with the pack, and then uh, hopefully we see some exciting moments at the end. A little bit of bodywork has come off the number 60 MSR Acura from the, I think from the right rear behind, either it's either the, the cheese wedge behind the wheel or the, the uh, inside of the wheel arch, I think the former rather than the latter, it's fallen off the car, coming out of turn seven and it's on driver's right there so it's it's not causing an issue Andreas it's hardly believable for me that about a year ago I was standing on the roof of this building watching the first public-ish test of GTP cars which your cars clearly were at and seeing how everybody was struggling through turn 12 and watching the pace of the cars, and I went out and watched up the back, to see what has happened in less than a year, because you've been racing since, since Daytona, it's scarcely believable for me. Have you ever experienced anything that's happened this quickly? Yeah, it's, it's really crazy, especially for, for us at BMW. I mean, we, we developed the whole car in, in 18 months in, in before the first race in Daytona. And when we see, like you said, the, the struggle we had during testing phase and there were also some throwbacks where not everything went well, but we all managed, all LMDH manufacturers, to have all the cars ready for uh, Daytona for the 24-hour race there, uh, where everybody still struggled. But when you see now how much exciting racing we see outside there, it's incredible. And uh, how much development we all did, all manufacturers also... Um, together with, with IMSA, with our partners, uh, with the spec parts and everything. So it's, it's really incredible. The, uh, the fastest lap, actually been put in by one of your competitors, uh, 111.317, um, but all of them are roughly similar. That is faster than Alan McNish's lap record for LMP900 that was set back in 2000. That was an 11.782 in the mighty Audi R8. This is a car in its first year of development. How much more performance have you, you guys got to find? 
As you said, we are still in the development phase of the car for sure. We, we did already some big steps from the beginning of the testing phase until the first race and also in the, in the races we had until now. But uh, we, we all push the limits uh, on manufacturer side, on driver side, on team side. We everywhere push the limits and I think there's still, still a bit to come. For sure, the steps are getting smaller, but um, I think we are not, not there yet that we exploit everything from the cars. You concentrated for the early development on the car uh, here, in the, uh, here in the US and um, to, uh, with your partners RLL, of course. Um, you've just started, or relatively recently started, in Europe with Vanson Voss at WRT. I saw you at Spa uh, testing there how's that coming along and how important is that for the whole program that you've you've got extra data coming in yeah there are two things for us we we clearly decided at bmw and motorsport that in the first year of running the the lmdh car that we said we concentrate on the IMSA championship we concentrate on one championship with two cars with one factory team but uh, then we were lucky that we also decided, let's say, go, to go to the, the WEC Championship. And for us, it's perfect now to have also the car running in Europe, generating a lot of data. We, have just, we, we generate just more mileage, more data, more information. And uh, this helps us to, to develop the whole program. So at the end, we, we are happy with the situation that we can, can run here in uh, North America. We can run now in Europe the testing program, and this should speed up our whole, let's say, process to, to find more performance in the car. You've been involved in sports car racing for a long time. You and I have known each other and seen each other at racetracks for a long time. I've not been as excited as I am now at the end of this season, looking forward to the next season here in IMSA. I think probably since I came here in 1998 for the, for the first time, full grids here in IMSA with a backup list, 57 cars for the bigger races, WEC having to turn people away. I mean, it's not great, but it's a great problem to have. Are we starting another golden age here, Andres? We, we definitely started it. We definitely started a golden area of prototype and endurance racing. As you said, here in the IMSA Championship, we, we have already now four uh, manufacturers competing. We see great races. I mean, at the end, we see we, we are here in the last race of the year. Everything is still possible for everybody. Um, so it's, it's, it's great that we have such a competitive championship. We have a very good relationship with, between all us manufacturers because at the end we want to, to have a good racing and we want to bring everything forward. Next year we have even more manufacturers coming to here in uh, the WEC championships with all the hypercars. Um, I mean, it, it's incredible to see so many brands and so many big manufacturers involved in the program. BMW, uh, down through the years... Uh, with all forms of their motorsport on two and four wheels, have had some phenomenal uh, partner teams. Um, you've got RLL here, you've got WRT in, in the WEC and in Europe. Um, is there an opportunity for some of your other teams to, to step up into, into the LMDH category? Assuming there's even room in the championships, considering what we've just talked about. Yeah, generally, uh, there's a, a big interest in uh, prototype racing at the moment because, as you said, uh, all manufacturers are involved. Everybody wants to join this. And for sure, we have also uh, teams and also partners who, who are asking us. But we clearly decided 
Then the first day we do the IMSA championship with the two cars. Next day we continue with two cars in the in the or come on top with two cars in the WEC championship. So we run in total four cars uh, worldwide. And I think we we have enough to do in 2024 for this, but we are open to discuss and uh, <laughs> we, because there's also 2025 coming. And yep. um, so maybe we do it step by step and uh, hope to do it well. And all this without neglecting your GT customers as well. We've had a championship won by uh, Paul Miller Racing. Uh, they've won five out of the ten races, which equals the record. They're not looking in such good shape here after that incident uh, uh, earlier on. BMW uh, clinching the Manufacturers' Championship in GTD as well. It's a good time to be boss of BMW Motorsports. Yeah, for sure. We, we have good good time at the moment, but um, as I said, in motorsport, everybody's pushing and we still keep to push and uh, everything you can do, everything better and, and for sure. There is a big motivation because also results helped for the met, uh, motivation, but I have to say there is a general, a, a big, big motivation in BMW and motorsport, but also with our partners, our teams. It's, it's great to work there. It's great fun. And as you said, we, we are successful at the moment with our GT4, GT3 car, also with the LMDH prototype. And um, yeah, it's fun, but we also, we have to keep pushing and uh, keep there. Uh, BMW Motorsport and the BMW M in your street cars are well you can't pull them apart there's nothing between them what happens on the track is benefiting the street and in some ways other ways as well because i know that there's a technology transfer going both ways and that's really important for BMW. it's really important for us and uh, i mean the m in our bmw m motor uh, cars is coming from the motorsport so at the end this is where the dna is of uh, bmw N m and this is why we, we also like to race and like to promote. And for sure, we have this technology transfer in both directions. Uh, we have great products on the street with our uh, street cars for, from the MGMBH. And we like to convert them into very successful race cars and, and also vice versa. We develop things on the, on the racetrack, which maybe at one stage you will find in, in our road cars. So, so at the end, this is very important for us to have this road relevance and this link between the MGMBH and the motorsport. So we are one family, one part. Uh, and here, uh, we've seen, if, if you don't mind me saying, we've seen rather too much of the beautiful X50M at the front of the field. But my goodness me, what a machine that is for a car of that size and that comfort to be easily usable as a safety car. That's incredible. That, that's incredible. And uh, when you see our BMW XM here, I mean, we talk about it's a V8 hybrid. What do we run in our LMDH car? A V8 hybrid. So there are synergies what we what we use in for sure it's not exactly the same drivetrain, but there is an exchange. There is an exchange between road cars, race cars, and this is what, what uh, we like and uh, where we hope that we can get uh, always better products on the street. Chetelar Ferrari was going slowly a minute or two ago, and I'm not convinced it's quite back up to pace. The voice you've just heard is Andreas Ruiz who is the head of BMW M Motorsports. We had, uh, we had uh, Philip Eng right up the tailpipes of Timon van der Helm as well, battling for fifth and sixth a moment or two ago. That's the bright yellow JDC Miller Porsche 963 and the BMW M Team RLL M Hybrid. Meantime, Harry Tinknell in the Proton WeatherTech car, Jeremy Shaw, 
has continued his advance. Yeah, he's got past Ricky Taylor. Ricky Taylor clearly is struggling with something right now, whether it's older tyres. I, I, I don't know what uh, they did on the last uh, tyre stop. I, I didn't uh, hear what our pit reporters told us, but uh, I'm, I'm guessing he's on an older set of tyres. He's been slipping back quite uh, rapidly, well, very rapidly, actually, from Ringo van der Zander. And he's now already fallen five seconds behind Harry Tinknell, who's still flying it's, along in that number 59 Proton it's Porsche. It's Philippe Albuquerque and a set of stickers for that car uh, when it comes into yeah. the pit lane. I've just been told by Sheer penalty for TDS uh, Racing number 35. That's the fourth place car in LMP2, Guido van der Garde. Uh, and too many people over the wall working. That'll be a drive through uh, there. We set it out keys to the race, Andreas. Um, no penalties. You've had a penalty, but not as many as some people. But mainly get to the darkness on the lead lap. Is that that what you you guys are aiming for? That, that's definitely the goal. That's definitely the goal to to keep it clean now. To to go into the dark time, let's say, of the race, and uh, then we have to to keep fighting and hopefully have a good result at the end. At the moment, everything is is quite open because. Uh, you don't know exactly who is on which tyre strategy. People are double stinting. Uh, some people are fuel saving. So this is all a bit uh, of a mix now, I would say. But uh, we keep pushing. We try to keep pushing to stay in the lead lap. And uh, hopefully at the end we see a nice battle. How's the tyre wear going? Because we've not seen temperatures like this on the track all week. Uh, double stinting here, the tyres is for sure a challenge for us. Um, you see that the drivers have to manage really then the pace that we, we keep uh, a good lap time or two stints when we have to do it. and uh, But we have experienced drivers, so at the end it's uh, they have a lot of work to do, but it's good. I think it's, it's two maybe stints, so they have to do doubles on sets? Yes, for sure you have to, because of the limitation of tyres, you, you, but sometimes you double stint, sometimes you split and, and change just half sets. and uh, So this is at the end a strategy topic and uh, how you feel most comfortable and uh, at the end where you have the quickest lap times Andreas thank you very much for coming to see us uh, all the best uh, to your BMW teams uh, we wish everybody all the best of course we do we have to be uh, impartial here it's been a cracking year and a half just watching this happening and to know that we're just at the very start of this is so exciting yeah at the beginning of the season as we said everybody was struggling a lot and uh, it was was difficult to get everything together but I think we saw incredible races we see here the final as an incredible race and also we from, from BMW side we, we can be super happy with the season until now I said it before we had in the eight races until now we were five times on the podium so you can't be disappointed with something like this and the year like this uh, the president of IMSA John Turner just joined us all right, I should have asked you this before he came in because now you, you know you, you'll have to be nice to him. Uh, what's it been like working with him as a, as a manufacturer and a manufacturer group? It's like working with a family. I have to say we we are always in exchange. It's it's very good. As we said, we have a good exchange between all manufacturers. There is really we try to to move it forward and push it forward. We have a very good exchange with with IMSA, with governance to really bring this prototype sports forward and I think you see it we are on the, on the right path uh, and uh, there are for sure some great years coming thank you very much thank you very much enjoy the rest of the race thank I you I know what an enthusiast you are so I know how important this race is to you Andreas Roos 
joining us in the global broadcast centre ahead of BMW M Motorsport. Jeremy Shaw, just a few minutes away from the first tranche of Michelin Endurance Cup points. Yeah, and somewhat surprisingly, a number five car coming in to make a pit stop. I thought they quite needed it to, to do it just yet. I think we're going to see everybody else trying to stay out until the six-hour mark in the race, but it's going to be a busy pit lane right after that, excuse me, four-hour mark in the race, six o'clock. Six hours, oh, six six hours, hours to go. Right. To go. Six yes. hours to go, yeah. So, you were um, right. Yeah, 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 absolutely. You're close enough. But uh, I tell you, the, the, the pace at the front is, is really, really good. Uh, two laps in succession, low 12s for Maddie Campbell. Uh, his best lap in that car during this race, he, he did set it, was a 12, oh, 11 9. So, two other laps just in the last three or four laps have been within a tenth of a second or two of his best lap of the race. With all that traffic out there, that's pretty amazing. And it is the lap after the top of the racing hour. Side-by-side action going down towards turn 10. That is the battle for position between uh, the BMW and... I think it was one... Was it the... It was the 24 BMW. Uh, No, it was... I, I thought... Ah, I, I actually thought it was the uh, JDC Miller car. It was, but it wasn't the Porsche. Meantime, into the pit lane, Ricky Taylor, who's been losing a bit of pace. We think on double stint of tyres on the Conica Minolta car. Let's head down to the pit lane where our reporters are watching this one. It's the, it is exactly now six hours to go meaning they are not going to get the endurance points that they would have gotten had they stayed out on the racetrack, but they needed this pit stop. Waiting for fuel, tires, and the driver change. Philippe Alford taking over for Ricky Taylor, so hopefully we'll be able to get her chat with Ricky once he's had his debrief with the Wayne Taylor Racing crew. Waiting on the refueling and left rear tire, right front tire. There we go. Tire change is now complete. Now we're just waiting on the fuel. Jeremy. Yeah, and the reason for them coming in a little bit earlier than that we had perhaps anticipated is the fact that that car did not stop during the previous caution period because it had stopped right before it. So it stayed out to get the lap back, and uh, they they would have liked another full-course caution to get those uh, Michelin Endurance Cup points. But, of course, that car's not in contention for the uh, Michelin Endurance Championship, so no big deal for them. But uh, finally now... Uh, Philip Albuquerque, who's really been struggling in the number 10 car, uh, does come in and uh, make that check. Ricky Taylor, who's struggling, has come in and handed the car over to Philip Albuquerque, who now has a fresh set of Michelin tyres. So the number 18, Aero Motorsport Orica, has now got the reigning Indy Next champion, Christian Rasmussen, at the wheel. It was Ryan Diel who's uh, handed the car over. Ryan small grid in LMP2 you guys have got to be thinking about staying out of trouble and being there at the end uh, that was our goal um, but I guess we got hit a few times with GT cars the P2 cars just they struggle to get out of their own way out of the slow speed corners so uh, we kind of get tripped over by the P3 and the GT so I think we're on our third uh, rear bumper at this point uh, so that's how we ended up a couple laps down we had to change the tail we have some damage but i think we're two or three laps down but the gtd car just hasn't quite got the performance of the old experience of uh, racing against um so it is there a, you know is there more disparity between the classes um you know because 
you guys shouldn't be you guys shouldn't be tripping over one another on paper that is no we shouldn't be but you know that's the package that we got from IMSA this year which is the cars are fast in the corners and they're slow on uh, the straights so you know I, I think the GTs get probably just as frustrated as we get um, but yeah we we can't accelerate a GT3 car second or third gear and unfortunately uh, a couple of the GT guys got a little bit impatient and uh, give us a bit of a ram up the, the butt to get us going. So um, here's what it is. Uh, we'll keep fighting. We're, we already got one of our laps back, so a couple more ago, and we should be uh, in at the end. Ryan TL with Joe Bradley and John Doonan with Jeremy and me, John Hindorff, in the booth. Good afternoon, Mr. Doonan. How hey, are you? Hey, guys. So good to be up here. So good to see you. Finally, I haven't really seen either of you all weekend. Uh, we've all been so busy. You guys have been calling every session, it seems, uh, since we opened the front gates here. And uh, hello to your audience around the world. Really appreciate everybody tuning in. And what a week it has been. And who would have thought we'd come down to today with uh, such an anticipated and last-minute down to the last lap, I bet, championship. Yeah, I mean, that's a good point, John. When when this all came together, IMSA were all... I mean, if we go back a little bit, and we've got to go back before COVID for this, to, to set this up, IMSA were already planning to move from DPI to what was sort of internally called DPI 2.0. And those are the regulations that pretty much unaltered have become GTP as... In comes Alexander Sims. We'll keep an eye on that. COVID, in some ways, slowed things down, but in others, proved that convergence was probably more important than ever. Absolutely. January 24th, 2020, we sat at the Rolex 24 with our partners at the ACO and the WEC and announced that convergence was coming. Uh, ironically, with my old shirt on, the Mazda shirt, I was involved in some of those meetings about what DPI 2.0 was going to look like. Of course, we ended up with LMDH regulations. We brought the GTP name back. And uh, again, if someone had told me back in January that we would show up here at Motul Petit Le Mans with four teams eligible for the championship, I would have told them they were crazy. But you're exactly right. Um, COVID, I think, slowed us up a bit with supply chain issues and that type of thing. But when we got there, and you and, and Eve and the team were here last October on Monday after the race, and these GTP cars were testing. And uh, as you know, I walked the whole track and was uh, filming with my <laughs> cell phone because I just couldn't believe we were there. And now look at what we've had all, all the 2023 championship. Uh, Shay, Adam has been watching a pit stop. More from John Doon in a second. Shay, what was going on there? It was feeling tires only for Alexander Simpson, the number 31 Whalen Engineering Cadillac, but left sides only for the 24 BMW, which is just waiting on fuel. Thank you, Shay. Look after that voice. We've still got uh, a ways to go yet. Um, that said, uh, the, the confidence and the enthusiasm with which the current manufacturers and those yet to come in have have attacked, and I use that word absolutely advisedly, attacked this project, has been impressive. Yeah. And what we're, we're reaping the benefits now of something that in some ways actually goes back to 1998 and Don Pierno's here. You knew Don. You know what, what sort of character he was. And if somebody had told him that convergence couldn't have happened, he would have went, really? 
yeah. just hang on a second and you know he created something now that this convergence in some ways has brought it all round full circle because he wanted to pull the whole community together Don did 100% and I said on the uh, stage before the race his one of his famous sayings as you all know was for the fans and uh, I, I think we believe that Jim France uh, believes that uh, Ed Bennett myself uh, we all believe that and, and that's what today is and the fans are the beneficiaries of this great racing it's good out of share with the leader of the pits. Into the pit lane also came the number six in Myers Shank Racing. Actor Elio Castroneves is out, and he comes over looking at the left rear of the car. They actually decided to put a new body piece on it because there was that much damage. Also into the pit lane was the leader, the number seven. It is Matt Campbell out of that car. Four tires and fuel, and also in right behind me, the number zero one Cadillac Racing entry. This is four tires, fuel, drinks bottle change, but it looks like the driver, Ranger Van is in, is staying aboard. Joseph Newgard in the number seven Penske Porsche Motorsport. A little bit of steam coming off the front brakes of that Porsche. Waiting for the fuel and the energy replenishment. And oh, it takes such a long time. He's not used to this as an IndyCar driver. He'd have been down <laughs> and away by now. Now he gets to go on the electric, electric power. power. That's Just so special. Incredible. During that stop, the points championship, as they run, popped up. Yeah. And the top three separated by 49 points, John. Can you imagine what's going to happen when the sun well, goes down? Well, we can make that happen again because Aaron, who's up at, uh, at, uh, at Charlotte, is listening to us. Can we have the GTP points uh, as it stands back up uh, on, the, the, uh, on the screen? Uh, whilst we're watching the erstwhile leader uh, coming back up, Aaron is the little voice in my head that we talk to uh, at NASCAR Productions. Uh, and uh, we'll get that up in a minute. So a slick stop there. Uh, now, let's quickly let's go down to Shea Adam down in the pit lane for an update. I'm not going to throw out which team it was, but I just heard a new one. Working outside of the box being argued as, yes, but the guys working on the car were inside of the box. Sorry, that's <laughs> not what it says in the rule book. <laughs> we were leaning over a very long way, honestly. Yeah, fantastic. Uh, John, as you look back on this season, um, it's, it, in some ways, you know, it, it, this change, there's always change. So we lose an LMP3. Um, some drivers are moving over from one thing to another. Uh, we're losing the current Corvette, but we get the new one next year. Um, it's a, there's a little bit of churn going on. What do you look at with most pride that you and the rest of the IMSA team have achieved in 2023? Well, um, I said earlier as I watched who was leading in the GT categories, 18 auto manufacturers choose to race with us. As of yesterday's Michelin Pilot Challenge race, 16 of those 18 automakers have stood on top of the podium with a race win this year in either Michelin Pilot Challenge or in the WeatherTech Sports Car Championship. Depending on who wins in GT today, you could go to 17 or you could even go to 18 manufacturers winning a race. I'm super proud of that. Um, and looks like you guys have some This is news the Lexus number 14. And it's been around, and it's pulled up just outside of turns and lost just out of the pits. This is uh, an outlap. The front end of the car is gone. It looks like it should be on a dirt oval somewhere Oof. right at the top of the hill. It's gone straight on, wiped off the front splitter, and that is severe damage. I'm not sure that car is coming back 
uh, under its own steam. Frankie Montecalvo in the 12 has immediately dived into the pits in the sister car. This is the car that took the championship as they went across the line and they've been so careful all week. Jeremy Shaw, whole host of cars diving into the pits before we go yeah. full course yellow, yeah. if we go full course yellow, because we've got a safety team there. Is he off the side of the circuit at turn, at turn five? Seven. 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 It is on the exit at turn seven. I thought that was me originally. They might be at the pushing back there under local yellow. Yeah. There's, a, there's an exit road there from the, um, the skid circle, isn't there, right. at the top of at, at turn seven? Yeah, no, I think he's out, kind of out of harm's way at the moment. Well, great work. That was the car that was leading the class. It was indeed. Great work by our hard-working marshals. And Ben Barnicott will be absolutely gutted by that. He's got a little bit further around the track. Uh, stairs. He's got the thousand-yard stair on. So what happened at the top of the hill he was recently out of the pits takes the curb oh big slapper got a big big swapper on I don't see it did much wrong there took the curb the back wiggled it went right it went left and then he was into the the downhill uh, as a passenger yeah, yeah well I mean what happened the, the splitter just dug, dug into in. the dirt uh, and just dug up all this dirt and, and destroyed the front of the car really unfortunate actually Really unfortunate. Yeah, and that is, yeah, that is game over. I'm, af I'm afraid not the way they wanted to end the season. Uh, it's been a successful season, Jeremy, for Lexus in both of the categories and particularly for that car. It has a fantastic season. I mean, they've had a, a, a huge long string of of podium finishes. And oh, it is a full course yellow. That must be for the debris. And in fact, there is some debris on the track. I thought it was confined to the grass between the car circuit and the motorcycle circuit. Oh. But there's, there's damn, there's, there's some of that uh, debris has gone a very long way indeed. So no choice but to go ah, for we, yellow. We just had a change of lead. Did that happen right before this caution period came out? I think it probably did. Yeah, you're right, Jeremy. So, oh, just got slicks it, just to the got left, slicks to the right. Yeah. What's happened is, actually, I think the back wheels have popped up off the ground yeah. and as you say Jeremy the splitter uh, popped into the dirt the whole of the front of the Lexus is like a clamshell and it's pushed it right up and over the top bits of the car going all over the place very spectacular from the uh, roof mounted on board camera and not the way they wanted to finish they're going WEC racing with that car next year as well in private hands new car coming for Lexus stroke Toyota in 2025 uh, what we now know is the Lexus RCF could uh, do a decent job at a ploughing championship because that, <laughs> that is a decent divot that they pulled out of there I uh, just want to go on record that when I was on the air with you all at Le Mans there were several uh, safety cars that came yes. out uh, I want to go on record that I'm not responsible for this full course yellow by being in the booth with you <laughs> Because <laughs> I think people are tying my uh, my presence in the booth. Uh, it's a creator of Full Course Yellows. <laughs> um, yes, absolutely right. We'll catch up with what's going on in the pits in a moment. Uh, John, um, we talked about change. We talked about cycles. When I first came here, it was a one-off event. It became a series. Uh, the series created the ALMS Radio Web. When uh, the two series uh, amalgamated... Um, 
we had then a United Sports Car Championship. Uh, we came back after the first year of that in a different capacity as a co-production with RSL. And that's been the case for the last nine years. The broadcast landscape is changing. I'm getting a lot of questions on Twitter, as you might imagine. And I know you won't shirk this. And I, you, know, you know why I've got to ask it, but I'm not going to put you in a difficult position. Things change. And the, uh, the whole landscape of, of broadcasting changes. What, if anything, can you tell in particular our international viewers and listeners about how they will be able to fo- follow this championship in the biggest year that it's had probably in its existence next year? Well, I appreciate the question. Um, on Thursday, we had our State of the Sport. We talked about our ongoing discussions with NBC. NBC, of course, will be our broadcast partner in 2024. We plan and hope to have that extended for a long time to come. We see a 20% increase in television viewership on linear television. We see a 45% increase in uh, folks watching on Peacock, which we're really proud of. And as you know, our IMSA fans take in the content in a variety of ways. And, of course, our relationship with you all, uh, longstanding and has uh, reached a massive audience as well. Um, As you all know, uh, we're continuing to have discussions about what that looks like going forward. Uh, We have opportunities. um, We showed that broadcasting um, remotely. We have opportunities to broadcast on site. We have uh, Concord um, and and Charlotte as broadcast opportunities going forward. So uh, we're going to continue to work on that. Our audience, both domestically and internationally, is critically important to us. we're not going anywhere with an IMSA broadcast platform. Um, we'll certainly keep everybody informed. But what you, what Jeremy, what Shay, what Eve, which, which everybody in the, in the pits has done for our sport and telling the stories over the years, um, obviously a critical part. We worked together a lot when I was on the Mazda side. Uh, we're going to keep doing that uh, hopefully for many years to come. Uh, best we can. Does that mean that the international, particularly the live flag-to-flag free international feed will continue as a world TV feed? Uh, That's certainly our hope. There's no question that the international audience, especially with convergence, is critically important to us. Um, So we need to work on what that format looks like, what the back end of that looks like, uh, to be as efficient as we possibly can in in telling those stories. You know, you asked me also about what I'm proud of. Obviously, Thursday was a huge day for us um, at IMSA to be able to announce that uh, WeatherTech will continue as our entitlement partner through 2030. Uh, what David, Melissa, Devin, Rory, and Cooper McNeil have done for this sport and the WeatherTech brand, uh, Pat Womack, Fiona, is remarkable. And uh, we're thrilled to have that stability uh, for many years to come. Uh, the same for VP Fuels till 2030, the same for Michelin till 2028. Uh, so the stability that you mentioned uh, is critically important. Uh, we've got the president of IMSA, John Turnin. We've asked for questions. They're flooding in. Right, let's, let's do some other stuff because I know there's lots of moving parts in what we've talked about with that broadcast. And, and it's not really fair for me to be the one having to ask those questions uh, as well as you having to answer them to me. So we'll move on. Uh, do you see a future for hydrogen cars in IMSA? We've seen the H24 project, the new iteration uh, of that uh, announced actually this, this week in a stunning looking machine. Where do IMSA sit on that and working with Pierre Fion and the ACO? Well, uh, convergence is, is critical, as we mentioned earlier. Uh, 
with 18 automakers here, uh, we need to continue to have a pulse on the automotive industry, and they are our pulse. Uh, they tell us uh, directionally uh, what's relevant, comparing it to what's happening in their road car programs and in their powertrain programs going forward. That's how things like LMDH and uh, a common hybrid system have uh, come to be. And so as we work with those automakers, they're going to help us uh, determine what's next in terms of uh, the platform and the powertrains and what's most relevant for them. Um, we'll continue to talk to Pierre and his team about what uh, looks like relative to, to, uh, to hydrogen. But, you know, we've got uh, uh, the most sustainable racing series in North America here with the GTP cars. Uh, from a hybrid standpoint, from an 80% renewable fuel standpoint, and obviously uh, lower tire uh, allocations uh, from Michelin. So um, I think we're in a pretty darn good place. Uh, with your Mazda hat on as well, because I know you're still a big Mazda fan, <laughs> um, in a bit to Mazda MX-5, there's another relationship that continues, by the way. Mazda uh, announced that uh, this week. Um, we've had a, an increasing interest from drivers from other series Ben Keating most recently <laughs> James of, Hinchcliffe James Hinchcliffe part of Klegerman <laughs> exactly. um, we've had a couple of listeners and a couple of teams who have said you know we could be up for that what about a Mazda All-Star an MX-5 Mazda <laughs> All-Star race would him sanction that I like your thinking John I That's remember right. it's not, it comes from hey, the audience hey, John. I like the audience's thinking then uh, I grew up in the era of IROC in the yeah. US you remember that the yeah. Porsche RSRs could be the Chevy Camaros Exactly. So uh, you never know. I've always uh, been been akin to doing something like that uh, with All Stars. But yeah, to see Ben run this weekend, to see Hinch run back at Watkins Glen, to see Parker run at Road America, it shows you. And I know you guys know this better than anyone calling those races. You can't just show up and immediately run at the front. Uh, Hinch did a great job. Ben, of course, Parker, but. These kids know how to run, don't Dale they? Dale Earnhardt Jr. <laughs> tested the car on the Yeah, normal. that was great. I was there that day at Martinsville. When Did Dale, you drive? I, I tried to get in, but all honesty, the seat they had in the car was too small, and I literally had the steering wheel in my teeth, so we decided <laughs> that I should wait for another day, but I really wanted to get in the car and run some laps. I, I, I think it's a great, a great idea if the teams can be persuaded to do it. I, I, the drivers, I'm sure, would take it seriously. We, we don't want it to be a crash fest, clearly. Uh, what was the reason behind that oval test at Martinsville? Is, is there a thought that you could take something like MX-5 onto an oval? There's no doubt. That car is so versatile, very well balanced. Um, they're small enough. You could probably run uh, 40 of them on that oval. Uh, I think they run 36 NASCAR modifieds when they run there, but um, such a great platform. Uh, I was at the banquet last night. Uh, Shea did an amazing job on the stage. They announced Whelan as their new entitlement partner. Uh, they'll be switching from BF Goodrich to Michelin Tires. Uh, same family of company, but uh, new Michelin brand, and we'll sanction that series for another three years. Uh, I've just, Aaron's our producer up in, uh, in NASCAR Productions in Charlotte. He reckons Bristol Night Race for a, uh, an all-star On dirt. master race. <laughs> On dirt. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. in the dark. Anything's possible. With only half the lights on. There you so go. So that you have to have the headlights. <laughs> okay. Anything's, hey. any, anything's possible. John, um, I've had a technical question here, and, and I, I'm not sure you can answer it, but just something to, to think about. Um, this comes from Dave Alcock, who's, who's one of our t uh, long-time listeners. He said, uh, can the IMSA app 
be brought to an Android TV platform at some stage in the future. There's so many TVs that run this currently that can't use the current IMSA app. Is that part of the review of how people um, enjoy IMSA racing? Things, technology changes all the time. And although people will watch on their phones, on their tablets, on their PCs, so many more so-called smart TVs, are all, already have certain things pre-installed. Yeah, I think um, David Pettit, as you know, leads our efforts uh, there. I've just uh, given him another job, haven't I? Yeah, he's, he's good. I hope, I hope he's listening he's across the way and, the, and the listening head. to the broadcast. But David Pettit, David McSpadden has joined us um, as our sort of chief technology officer, so he's playing a role in that. Obviously, Steve Stum and the whole team uh, and uh, at uh, NASCAR Productions, Brian Herbst, uh, so we got a whole group of people, but you know, w- as these audiences grow, um, it's our certainly our, our intent and probably in our best interest to find a way to make sure people can watch in as many platforms as possible. That's our goal, and uh, man, this race! Every time I look, something new is happening on the screen. I'm going to let you get back to uh, doing what you need to do. Uh, it always. It was the same with Scott Arthur, uh, who preceded you in this job. I always actually feel a great deal of sympathy for somebody in your position and in Scott's because you are race fans through and through, the pair of you. And Scott has told me that he's seen much more racing since he stopped having to do the job than he did when he was in the job. Re- 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 ridiculously so when he was at the track for all of them. I suspect it's the same for you, John. It it's is. It's slightly frustrating. Yeah, it is. I, You know, whatever. My staff does an incredible job. Uh, I'm so proud to be a teammate with the best motorsports professionals in the business. And uh, I've shared with a lot of people during the week, once the race starts, uh, things have a tendency to calm down in terms of meetings and and things like that. Uh, Today, perhaps, is a little bit of an exception because this I've never seen a championship. And I've been going to IMSA races since I was nine years old. It has been this anticipated, and we've never come into a season finale with a scenario like this with so many teams eligible for a championship. So you're right. I want to go watch a little bit. Um, I can't imagine what's going to happen when the sun goes down uh, based on what we've seen so far this part of the race. But thank you all so much. Thanks to all your listeners for tuning in. And um, I cannot wait for what's going to happen this evening, but also what 2024 is going to bring. Uh, you know from your own figures uh, that the international audience really appreciates what's going on uh, in, in this championship. Uh, let me pass on their thanks and ours uh, for all the hard work that you and David Pettit uh, have done uh, with us in the, the last few years. It's been an absolute pleasure. John Doonan, thank you very much indeed for joining us here in the RSL Global Broadcast Centre. Thank you, you so miss. much. Great to be here. Appreciate the opportunity. And uh, God bless everybody uh, tonight, tomorrow, and in the off-season. Jeremy Shaw has been watching a myriad of pit stops. Let's go down and find out the headline news from our pit lane reporter, starting with Shea Adam. I'm not Shea Adam anymore. Oh, are you not? I'm sorry, no, I'm Nick. I can, I can try and sound husky, but uh, I just can't she, do it. She's got know? a huskier voice than oh, you at the I'm moment, just, mate, yeah. I was, just, I was thinking, my God, this is, a, this is a special treat for the last race, isn't it? Anyway, back to the racing again. Um... Yeah, there's been a plethora of stops. Most recently, we've had some of the P2s in my end uh, have been uh, doing these run-through and top-ups. The 88, actually, the 88 car, in fact, did a driver change as well. But I think I joined the stop, the uh, pits. It's a bit late to miss the uh, GTP stops, of which there is one going on right now, Mr. Bradley. A GTP stop. I was with... Uh, I've been waiting to uh, try and get a word with David Brule. However, 
Uh, David Brule, as you remember, brought that 92 Porsche in earlier in the stint with that puncture, did a fabulous job. He got out of the car. He looked absolutely fabulous. But, um, you know, very, very fit. And considering, as Jeremy reminded us, uh, that driver is 75 years old. Um, he's just literally walked off to get cool in the truck, uh, give him his dues. And he was telling me that uh, it was quite a dramatic stint for him and especially picking up that knock he's not quite sure how it happened he's not quite sure if he he had picked up some damage from another car all he did was uh, feel the uh, the car go a little bit wobbly and uh, he did a cracking job bringing that car in without yes, damaging it, it further yes he absolutely brilliant did. stint from him uh, we're just getting the restart order correct from race control that's why the extra lap or so of full course yellow how it stands at the the front, I don't think it's going to be affected here, Jeremy. With Renge van der Zander leading for the 0-1 gold front of Cadillac from Joseph Newgarten, recently installed into Porsche number 7 for the Porsche Penske Motorsport team. Harry Tinknell, star of the last hour and a half or so in the 59 Proton competition. Christian Reed's uh, WeatherTech branded 963, the number 59 car in third. Then Philip Eng, the best of the BMWs. They've had a good last hour and a half or so as well. Philip Albuquerque with new-ish tyres. Uh, just before that yellow flag came out in the number 10, Konig and Minolta Acura uh, is in fifth position. Sixth is Alexander Sims for the Wheeling Engineering Cadillac, the uh, red and grey car. Then it's 7th uh, place, number 25, Nick Yellowly for BMW, the bright yellow JDC Miller Motorsport, number 5 uh, in the Porsche, and Colin Brown has been installed in the number 6. And now I'm being told that the 25 BMW has to go ahead of Philippe Albuquerque, so that is one change that will have to happen. So that will move up to 5th position, Philippe Albuquerque to 6th, Alexander Sims to seventh. Jeremy, do we have some points for the first tranche of Michelin Endurance Cup? He nods knowingly. Yes, we do. We've just got the uh, final, re- the uh, unofficial results because they remain unofficial to, to after the end of, of the course, race. But, you've got uh, scrutiny of the indeed. Cars, cetera, yeah. uh, but after, after four hours and uh, in uh, GTP, uh, the leader, as we saw, was number seven car of uh, Maddie Campbell. He was out front at the time. Um, in second position was the Cadillac number 01, uh, and in third position was the BMW Cadillac number 34. As far as the points are concerned, the Wheel Engineering Cadillac team came in with a pretty handy seven-point lead that uh, w- will have been trimmed just by one by Cadillac Racer, which now move on to 29 points to the 35 of the Wheel Engineering Cadillac team. In LMP2... The leader coming into this final event was CrowdStrike Racing by APR, the car number 04. They extend their lead because they were out front at the four-hour mark. They have now 35 points to the 31 of PR1 Matheson Motorsports that were in third position at the four-hour mark. And at one point behind them, TDS Racing Gumray 11, which was second at the four-hour mark. In LMP3, well, guess what? Riley Motorsports leads away in car number 74. On 30 points, they extend their lead by scoring maximum uh, five points at the four-hour mark. In GTD Pro, that's getting really, really tight. Uh, WeatherTech Racing Mercedes had a three-point edge over Corvette, which was two points ahead of Lexus. But Lexus was out front at the four-hour mark. Of course, that was before the accident just happened. Uh, So they 
uh, now will score. They will score the five points, four points for Corvette, uh, and two for Mercedes. So now WeatherTech Racing leads by just one point over Corvette Racing. Vassar Sullivan is only one point farther back in third position, but they've but just had the problem. Yeah. So and then finally in GTD. Uh, out front at the uh, four-hour mark was the Windward Racing Mercedes. They had 20, 20 points and now have 25. The harder racing team, Aston Martin, led the points coming into this weekend. They had 31. Uh, excuse me, they had 29. They would now have 31. Team Courthoff Motorsports, however, second place at the four-hour mark, will move one point ahead in GTD team. So Team Courthoff will have a one-point edge now going into the final two lots of points being scored we're going green at the end of this lap but i very quickly want to introduce another guest and then once we've got the restart over and everything settles down he says hopefully uh, we can have a proper job jason antelon from uh michelin um, very quickly what have you guys learned this year with particularly with these new gtp cars because i could only imagine it hasn't been a curve it's been straight up <laughs> Yeah, John. Uh, first, gr- great to be back here uh, this afternoon talking with you. Uh, so GTP has been, uh, you know, I would say a roller coaster in some ways. You know, we've learned, a, le- certainly learned a lot, but we've had to be adaptable to the, to the changing situations of weather on multiple races this this year. Uh, you know, we have to kind of expect the unexpected. All of the things we've we've known and have seen uh, from a condition standpoint at, at certain racetracks, we had to throw that out the window. So we just had to really. Uh, buckle down. We've we've certainly learned a lot about the tire, and um, as I've talked before, you know we're already working on the 2025 spec. Uh, so so we're we're working on uh, those developments here, uh, based on what we're learning this year. Uh, it's uh, I probably just got time to ask you one more quick quick question. You did um, ha- use two compounds at Daytona. Has there been any further discussion about possibly using two compounds here in IMSA as you do? in the WEC if the weather conditions so dictate? Yes, uh, John, that, that's an active conversation with our partners at IMSA, uh, our team and their team collaborating on what do we do next year. This year, like I, like I just mentioned, we've seen some uh, weather patterns that we didn't expect at certain racetracks, Road America, Indianapolis, for example, and, and truthfully, we would have probably been better suited to have a, a second spec. And so we're, we're going to potentially address this next year, but through collaboration with our partners at IMSA. Can you hang around for five or ten minutes? Absolutely. Are you sure? Right. We've gone back to green uh, with five and a half hours still to go. And here comes Renga van der Zander. He'll take the green flag first for Cadillac Racing. Gets a good jump. All of the restarts, other than the original start where the pool sitter was a little bit caught up, all of the restarts have been advantage the car at the front of the field. Joseph Newgarden takes the restart in second, current Indy 500 champion, of course, and he's got Harry Tinknell right up his tailpipes. Then the two BMWs, Eng and Yellowly, Philippe Albuquerque, Alexander Sims, Tymon van der Helm and Colin Brown. They are the top nine. They are all on the lead lap. Mikkel Jensen took the green flag of the lead for LMP2 TDS Racing, ahead of Nolan Siegel for CrowdStrike Racing by APR and then PR1 Matheson Motorsports Ben Keating back in the car as Jeremy suggested he was a little bit short of his time maybe 10 minutes or 15 minutes of his full driver time at the start of the race however try and keep Ben out of the car at this race anyway would I think have been fairly difficult good restart then as I said from the leader down towards 10A 
maybe five, six car lengths before they all get on the brakes and turn in in the beautiful evening sunshine. Track temperature as warm as we've seen it this week at 34 Celsius. That is 93 Fahrenheit. Car peeling off. This is penalties. So this is going to be the 60 Acura working outside the box. And, and that is being uh, that is being assessed and it is being taken immediately. And also the 97 Turner Motorsport car. That's a fuel infraction again fuel time infraction for Turner Motorsport and the BMW and the black and blue number 97 BMW the Macintosh sponsored car into the pit lane nice smooth start for the leader and he'll be delighted to see that Joseph Newgarden has got well six seven eight angry cars behind him because that's allowing Renger van der Zander, who is no slouch, but he's taking advantage of anything he can. Joseph Dugard with his hands full, Jeremy. Indeed he is, and uh, uh, jo Joseph there, he's just taken his first stint at the wheel of a GTP car now, uh, having taken over from Manny Campbell, did a great job. That car had been out front uh, from lap uh, 89 through 166 during that round of pit stops. Number 01 car, though, beat them out of the pits, and that's why Renger van der Zeeds Ring of Zander leads right now. That's the eighth lead change in this race. Perfect conditions at the moment. And Joseph Newgarden. Jeremy, I can hear you talking to Joseph when he was working, when you were working with him at Team USA. He is hitting every mark. He is hitting his breaking point. Focus forwards. What's right. behind you is behind you. Yeah, exactly right. I mean, you know, he's, a, he's a consummate professional these days. Uh, always was a smart uh, young man, and uh, yeah, he's, uh, he's relishing this opportunity to drive this GTP car. A lot of pressure on him, of course. This is a car that's contending for the championship. Oh, to, yeah. to, to have your first race uh, in, it's not his first sports car race, because that was at Daytona in an LMP2 car, but his first race in a GTP car at Road, Road Atlanta in Petit Le Mans uh, with the championship on the line. That's a lot of pressure, but he's used to that, and he's, doing, he's going to do what he can now just to keep that car where it is, uh, and in contention we're coming off a yellow flag that was caused by the problem for the Lexus Ben Barnicott in the number 14 car getting a swapper on hitting one of the advertising hoardings and they're held down with a sandbag and it was the sandbag that went up inside the air intake and popped off the clamshell hood and that was the cause the turn and off goes the WeatherTech Porsche that is Harry Tinknell. Well, yep, sorry, Harry, did I place. course you? Exactly the same place, but managed to get back onto the hard standing where the motorcycle chicane is. That was, that's, has he held on to third place? No, he's given up third place, but he's held on to fourth place. So Nick Yellowly has gone through, and now Philip Eng is right up behind him. So we've got a leader, then a pair of cars, then another half a dozen or seven cars in a line as they are heading down the back stretch and Newgarden for the moment has a tiny little gap looks to me as though the GDC Miller car as well and Time and Van der Helm is looking very racy at the moment Alexander Sims fighting back with the wheel and engineering Cadillac bizarre penalty for him when he blew the pit lane red stop light and then got rear ended by 
the BMW. Meantime, in GTD, we have the usual street fights from the street cars. Tommy Milton leads for Corvette from Indy Donchi for Winwood Racing. New colours this weekend for that car, mostly black with the pink on it for breast cancer awareness. $5,700 the aim for each of their cars this weekend. Then it's Daniel Serra for Risi Competizione, so not the same class, but still battling for track position. And I suspect that Indy Donchi would want to keep Daniel between himself and the next one because that's Mikhail Grenier for Team Courtoff Motorsports. Those battles continue. Jason Hans along with us in the studio. I mentioned the temperature there, Jay. Je oh, come on. We, I've seen nothing like this. It was down in the teens and early 20s Celsius with 34 down. That's a huge difference. Were you guys expecting this? No, I could say honestly we weren't expecting this type of temperature swings. Certainly we, we talked about what are the scenarios. Uh, we brought one spec of tires here for the, this race weekend, uh, just assessing the situation. Uh, so we brought the medium compound tires, and, uh, you know, so far so good. We've, they performed quite well. Uh, we've had wet weather. We've had dry weather, cool weather. Uh, the, the tires are certainly working, but, uh, you know, thanks to our, our hardworking engineers, we brought great product to the, to the paddock. And how much are you taking that information back from the engineers who are working either with a number of teams or embedded with individual teams in, in, in GTP when you set the... Um, the standards and the pressures that that are mandated now and you know that's very very important for safety reasons yeah correct correct john you know we we're we're taking all that information from the teams the feedback and and understanding what what's happening with the tire and of course as we develop that 2025 spec of tire for gtp all of these inputs are going to play into that how do we how do we make a a better tire maybe a tire that has a a uh, larger operating window, uh, you know, things like that. That's what, what we look at. We learn uh, from what we're doing here at the racetrack this year to help feed that information for 2025. Does that feed back to you? I mean, this is home ground for you because the, your your headquarters is, you know, what, an hour and a half, two hours uh, up the road at Greenfield. So does that feed back into street tyres as well? Are you learning things now that I will benefit from the next time I need to get a, a set of tyres to replace my Michelin Pilot? Sport 4S. Yeah, absolutely. You know, what we do here at the racetrack, we, you know, we use this as a test lab for, for innovation. Uh, how do we work with uh, materials, making tires last longer? That's what's important to the consumer. So we take uh, that type of learnings from, from the track and put it into our street tires. And what's the, the trickle time? time trickle down time. Well, you'd think I didn't talk for a little yeah. bit. Trickle-down <laughs> timeline for that. Does it depend on what the innovation is? I think it depends on what we're trying to achieve. You know, I don't think there's a, you know, a certain approach that works for every tire. We just need to use racing as a test lab and innovate uh, for, for our passenger tires. One question that I'm going to finish with here. Um, is it possible for you guys in, in, in the IMSA series to provide uh, the sort of tire data that we see in the WEC and that one of your competitors was uh, providing last weekend in Formula One where everybody was on used tyres so that we can see what tyre is going on the car from the RFID chips on the exit of pit leg. Yeah, yes, John. You know, we've had a project uh, being worked on all year. A little bit of the, a delay versus where I'd probably want to be, but... But at the end of the day, we're working on this. I think there's a great uh, story to tell. With one spec of tire running in a race weekend, maybe not as interesting, but still important to understand for the, for the, for well, the consumer. If you have to double stick, uh, as we saw uh, the number 10 
uh, Acura there towards the end of the stint is the driver getting tired oh hang on a second he's still doing good lap times but we now know he's double stinted that yeah time. yeah exactly that's the, the story that yeah. is, that is the story from a from the single spec but next year as we potentially evolve into multiple specs and the double stint now you have an even greater story to tell so we're working hard with our partners in imsa to to develop this and get this going uh disappointed that we didn't get it here in 2023 but expect something different in 2024 are we going to be talking about colored sidewalls as well <laughs> yeah it remains to be seen you might you might see a sticker on the sidewall talking well, about that, soft, that, soft, medium, hard. Well, that was that was a boon at Le Mans. Yeah. I'll tell I'll tell you that now. We we learned them all off by heart, so that our, at least our pit lane uh, reporters could see that. What's been the biggest surprise, either positive or negative, for you this year in what you've had in all through? It doesn't have to be with the GTP, because let's not forget you've renewed as Solus tyre supplier again, and you're looking after all the categories. Here. Yeah, I think it's uh, yeah we 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 now are here till 2028, and I think we've learned a lot this this year. What we've seen in GTP has been very exciting. We're very pleased to see the success of, of, of that those cars. Next year in GTD, uh, I think we have a really exciting story with a, a new product coming to, to, oh. G, to GTD. So things that we've learned uh, through testing that product here in 2023 with the GTD teams is going to be really, I think, an exciting story for us in 2024. Well, one thing I'll know, you guys never stand still. You certainly never go backwards. So if there's something new for GTD next year with the influx of more teams and more manufacturers, I guess we're going to be crossing more lap records out, are we? Next yes. Year? <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know, we, like you say, we're, we're here to innovate. Uh, we're, we never stand still. Uh, we're bring, going to bring double stint technology to GTD, uh, so reducing reducing allocation, but while maintaining high levels of performance. That's what we're all about because it's easy to make a tire last longer, but if the performance isn't great, well, then, uh, you know, that I don't know if that's a great story. So this is going to be... Uh, Tires lasting longer while delivering great performance. Jason Antelon, thank you very much. Yeah, thank and you thank so you much, for John. Michelin support uh, through many, many years. In fact, all nine years that RSL's been involved uh, with IMSA, in IMSA Radio and IMSA TV, you guys have been our partners. Thank you very much. It's, a, it's appreciated by us as individuals and by the audience all around the world. Thank yeah. you very much indeed. Thanks so much, Have John. a good off-season, such as it is. Thanks, John. Brilliant stuff then. More innovation for next year? Oh, yes, please. That's exactly what we expect from Michelin. They've been in the motorsport tyre game for well over a century. And the race at the front of the field, hotting up again. Renger van der Zand has cleared out by about two and a half seconds. Dick Yellily for BMW now second. He's dealt with Joseph Newgarden a lap or two ago. And Joseph now with Harry Tinknell right in his wheel tracks. Yeah, that's right. The, uh, the customer car is right on the tail of Joseph Newgarden. He's working his way through traffic. He's not going to be concerned in the slightest about losing one position. He's still showing oh, yeah. really, really good pace here. Running in the third position at the moment is Newgarden. But right behind him, once again, Harry Ticknell. Since he got uh, behind the wheel of this car uh, from uh, Jimmy Bruni, this car has really uh, turned, up, turned up the wick and it's going really, really well uh, in this stage in the race and putting the pressure on the, uh, the factory car. 
Well, we've been charting the LMP3 battle, and what a roller coaster that had been. The AWA number 17 has been right at the sharp end, but has disappeared from our timing screens. Nick Damon has the story. Well, whilst you've been chatting to uh, the various guests, he's come down the pit lane three separate times, I think, to perhaps do a, a, a close-up um, bit of broadcasting to the pit lane, have a chat, see what's going on. The final time, a couple of minutes ago, it came in. It stopped in front of its pit. Uh, there was various, now nah, we can't do anything, and they just rolled the car down the pit lane and right behind the um, garret, the, the, the pit lane into, into the paddock again, uh, behind the wall, and an engineer said to me, look, we're just not going to risk it. It's, it's out of contention now. We're not going to risk the car, so I think that's probably the last we'll see of the 17 car. Thank you, Nicholas. Down the inside for Harry Tignell on the number seven Porsche, and Tignell goes up into third. Turn 10A, easy as you like. This is Joseph Newgarden playing a role here that he probably isn't that used to. He's normally all about himself. He's a single driver in a single seat car, has some sports car experience, but right now, the experience that he has got from IndyCar, when particularly you may be on a fuel safe portion of the race or something like that, the battle was not the battle with Harry Tinknell right there. His job, as the third driver, and let's remember ourselves, and my goodness, it's busy out on the circuit, as the M&Ms will tell you as we're swirling them around the Super Bowl, the Royal Atlanta-shaped uh, Super Bowl, or the Dancing Ants, as uh, Brian Till calls it. His job now, Jeremy, is to treat that 963 as the most expensive hire car he's ever had, and he hasn't got CDW or any insurance on it, so he's got to take it out and bring it back in exactly the same shape that he took it out of the lot. Almost agree with you. I think treated like it's his car. Well, no, that's yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> very yeah, good. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Look, I mean, look. He, he, he and Harry Tittle, they were edging away from from Philip Eng. Uh, when uh, they were th those two cars were the other way around, so he'll be happy now. If he could just tuck in behind uh, Harry Ticknell, then that'll be absolutely perfect as far as he is concerned. There's a, a gap of about uh, five seconds or so back to Philip Eng in the uh, second place, second of the BMWs, because the other one is running in second position with Nick Yellowly at the wheel. So it's been a good middle part of the race here for uh, BMW. No, no question about that. And uh, all of a sudden, the Acuras that were running so strongly early on in a race are kind of, you know, they're, they're running sixth and ninth at the moment. Temperature's still going up on the track, Jeremy. It's yeah. at the 37 Celsius, so we're now almost in triple digits Fahrenheit uh, as far as the track's concerned. The good news is that if th that is track heat uh, related, the, the, that track will cool down. When we get to five past seven is when it's officially sunset. That's the uh, the sun going down. And half past seven is official darkness. So any drivers who didn't get their night laps in on Thursday, they have to be out of the car before 7.30. Nick Damon with more news from the pit lane. Yeah, more P3 woes. This time it's the 38 Performance Tech Motorsport car, the, the Ligier. Uh, came in, parked, up went the... Uh the rear deck, they had a gold look at it, and then they got the high-powered air hose, and so they tried to blast out every single um, air intaking orifice on the car, so I think it doesn't take too much to work out that thing's running a bit hot at the moment, but they have sent it again after probably about a minute stationary. Well, you was uh, an owner of a classic British sports car, I know all about that, <laughs> don't you? 
Well, I, know, I, I just melted the brakes the way back from the respray. That was completely different. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I remember. <laughs> uh, we're hearing, by the way, Nick, that the number 17 AWA car that you were talking about uh, earlier, that car is heading towards retirement. I'm not sure if they put the paperwork in uh, or quite given race control uh, and the officials the nod yet, but that's the word coming from the team at the moment. Uh, coming down to half distance, get yeah. the beams ready. And here's a VP Racing update in race. Uh, it is still Renga van der Zander by two seconds. Zero one, Gulfrook and Cadillac from now. BMW coming alive in the heat of the afternoon. Nick Yellowly with the number 25 from Harry Tinknell. And the Proton Competition Porsche 963, the number 59 WeatherTech car. Harry Tinknell, another Porsche driver this year who is heading to Ford Performance. He'll be partnering the uh, in the in one of the two Ford Performance GTD Pro cars uh, with Mike Rockefeller next year. Joseph Newgarden is having fun in the number seven car and doing a cracking job for Porsche Penske Motorsport. That is the remaining Porsche in championship contention now. Philippe Eng is in fifth position, another five and a half, six seconds further back for the BMW number 24. Then Philippe Albuquerque for the Acura number 10. Alexander Sims for Whelan's Cadillac. Timon van der Helm in the number five. Bright red, Jenny, uh, bright red, bright yellow, red. Where did that come from? 9.63. And then Colin Brown for Maya Shank Racing's Acura. It is still Mikkel Jensen for TDS, who leads by 10 seconds in LMP2. That's the number 11 car, the yellow and red car. Then Matt Bell for AWA. So good news, bad news for them with the 17 car in strife. The 13 car leads by just half a second in a cracking battle between Matt Bell and Garrett Grist for Junior 3 Racing. In... GTD Pro, Corvette and Tommy Milner lead by three quarters of a second from the leading GTD car, that windward car, still going very well. And just three seconds, three tenths of a second further back, Daniel Serra for the second of the Pro cars. Then it's five seconds back to Mick Grenier in the second of the GTDs. That's the team Kortoff car who are sneaking up on Michelin Endurance points. Nick Dearman with P2 stops. Yeah, we've had a few of them. We have a 20, the high-class racing coming in from the uh, back, still trying to make up for that uh, long stop and hold it had. But then we had our two uh, championship contenders, the number 11, the uh, TDS Racing came in a simple stop. And then we had the 52, which is the uh, Ben Keaty PO and Massive Motorsport. I'm pretty sure that's a driver change. Ben's got out, Paul Loop Chatown's got in. But these are uh, these slightly smaller tacks on the uh, P2. These keep us entertained in between the, uh, uh, the stops. Uh, caused by the yellows so the sights and sounds of a Saturday afternoon just after half past four here at Road Atlanta half past ten in Europe half past nine in the UK and still more than half of this race to go and still Jeremy Shaw in all of the classes plenty of questions to be answered not least at the front of the field these hotter temperatures are changing the balance of power at the front of the field for me yeah i mean look no no one i don't think is pushing particularly hard at this stage in the race uh, you know, as you say we're not even halfway yet uh, and uh, so all they need to do is keep themselves in the contention not do anything silly but clearly harry tickle is very happy at the wheel at number 59 car that's the that's been the biggest mover over the last hour or so in this race 
Uh, and uh, the, the number seven car there with Joseph Newgarden, the rookie at the wheel of it. You know, he's just he's just he's biding just his time. Twelve eight. He was the fastest of the the lead yeah. runners last yeah. time around. Within, within a second of that car's fastest lap of the race. Yeah, that's a really good lap. And talking of best laps there, uh, that's uh, Colin Brown has just turned uh, his car's fastest lap at one eleven point three eight three, which is only fractionally outside the fastest lap of the race. It was set by. Sebastian Bourdais so uh, Colin Brown having having served that, that penalty for a uh, for a pit lane infraction last uh, right after going back to green returns to quick laps now so where are the battles out on the circuit well Harry Tinknell has caught Nick Yellily um and we'll keep an eye on that as Nick Damon is heading down to... In fact, he's at the 52 PR1 Matheson Motorsport LMP2 pit. They're third at the moment. Alex Quinn's just got back in to the 52 wins car. That means that Ben Keenan should be available for a word, Nick. Well, Ben's taking off the world's most spangly helmet. I've, I've got a close look up at Ben's lid, and it's got more kind of metal flake in it than the, uh, the, uh, the most garish of uh, custom cars, I would say. Um... Ben, second stint for you. Um, you were out at the start, then out a bit later. Have uh, driving standards improved over the last couple of hours? Uh, no, actually. I was just saying uh, that you know, uh, I was pushing as hard as I could push, but I couldn't match my lap times from earlier. I don't know if it's the oil dry that was down on the track that was uh, you know, causing a little bit less grip or what it was, but for whatever reason, I wasn't able to uh, do as fast a laps as I did early in the race. So who knows? I mean, we have got a lot more temperature in the track, but I suppose theoretically makes it slower. Yeah, I mean, obviously the sun's come out, the temperature's gotten hotter, and uh, in terms of lap times, the track or the car doesn't necessarily like to be hot. So that may have something to do with it. Looking at the team as a whole, the 52 team, how do you feel you are overall in the race at the moment? Yeah, we're feeling really good. You know, it's been a crazy race so far. It's hard to believe that we're about halfway. You know, uh, there have been so many yellow flags, so many incidents. This track is so difficult for traffic with five different classes out there at once. And, uh, you know, it, anything can happen. But, uh, you know, there's a big race between the 52, the 11, and the 04 for several different, uh, uh, you know, uh, awards. And, Cali, uh, it seems to be that uh, we're the three cars up front battling with each other. So, uh, yeah. It, it's going to be a long five hours, is what I would say. And of those five hours, will you be getting back in, or are you going to leave it to Paul and Alex? No, uh, I, I just did my uh, four and a half stints, uh, somewhere around three hours in the car. I'm done. I'm going to let the two fast guys uh, battle it out for the end. I don't think you're not fast, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> the two faster guys. Thanks, mate. Thank you. Uh, Bally, in fairness... Just extraordinary story from uh, Mr. Keating there. I know I say this, I know I say this a lot, but are we not blessed, Jeremy? Are we not blessed to have so many characters in this in this paddock that are prepared to have a? You know, he's just jumped out of the car in the heat of the race, but had a laugh and a joke with Nick down there, and and that's among a number of drivers who would have done exactly the same. Even poor Nick Tandy. In yeah. the depths of his despair, with the championship being snatched away from him, happy to stand and talk to our Nick. And 
and, and even try and raise a smile and a joke. I mean, quality, the quality in this paddock, on the wall, on the spanners, behind the wheel. Impressive. We are really fortunate. Yeah, very impressive indeed. Uh, it really is. And uh, just to change of position there for fifth position, the number number 10, uh, Conor Camerolta, Acura, Philip Albuquerque at the wheel, just getting past Philip Eng and number 24 BMW. So we'll see now whether Albuquerque can close up on Joseph Newgarden, who's the next car ahead of him on the racetrack. T- took, him, took him a while. He actually lost the place at the... No, he didn't lose the place at the restart. He maintained his position at the restart, did uh, Albuquerque. Uh, he'd had to give up a position, I think, for, some, for maybe the order as they came out of the pits, perhaps, before we went back to green. But he's maintained that position since we went back to green and that's uh, 20 laps ago now and he's up into fifth position he's going to try and track down the number seven Porsche ahead of him that's Jeremy Shaw I'm John Heindorf in the pits Joe, Nick and Shea and they are splitting the 10 hours between them we're about two, two minutes away from half distance and hoping to get a bit of green flag running in uh, we have had six full course yellows for the better part of an hour and 50 minutes and 41 laps if you prefer uh, our longest green flag was before that last one and that was barely an hour in fact it wasn't it was 57 minutes so we've not really had a full run yet uh, the lap distance record since this became a 10 hour race uh, a thousand miles was 394 laps but the lap distance record is 465 the computer says at the moment 396 that will change um, uh, if we continue to be green for a reasonable amount of time computer effectively updates as we as we go forward half distance then jeremy untidy beginning uh, very untidy beginning, way too many penalties, right into the 30s already. But when we have been green, the racing has been good, and I'm really intrigued. Um, obviously, we're looking at the front of the field, but I'm really intrigued by this GTD battle, which is for the race win and still, of course, for the championship. Yeah, it's been fantastic, hasn't it, really? I mean, we've seen, uh, we seen a BMW. W, yeah, BMW led one lap. One lap, yeah. yeah. So all, all, more, all four manufacturers have led during this race then. And uh, yeah, one of the BMWs running in second position now. Only a couple of seconds behind Ringer van der Zander. That Cadillac's been strong pretty much through the race, but it's, it's just, you know, the, um, the, the balance, not balance necessarily, but the, the pendulum has been swinging according to when they're putting on fresh tyres and when they're not. And I'm sure they're trying to get the double stinting of tyres out of the way now. So for the, for the final four or five hours of the race, at every stop, or every full stop, they will be putting on a fresh set of Michelin tyres. And that is how they've planned it out for the week. Stand by for the second part, the second half of the 26th running of the Mortal Petit Le Mans Championship deciding race for IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car in 2023. Part two starts right now. 